0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: Hi, I'm Joe Firestone and you're listening to Everyday Decisions. Breakfast with the seniors. The three-part episode. This is part two of three. And uh, this uh, section features uh, interviews with Sandy Garner, Bill Burke, Stephen Pearl and Linda Marcus-Smith. Now, just a full disclosure, I've never met Stephen Pearl. This is the first time I've met him or have ever spoken to him. Somehow it went through the grapevine that I was just kind of doing interviews. Stephen Pearl's not in my comedy class, I don't know him. So this is, uh, what you're about to hear is my first conversation with him. And uh, the rest are all, I see them almost every week and uh, all of them are great, including Stephen. enjoy.
2: So if you could just state your name for the record. Okay. I'm Sandy Garner, live from Boca Raton, Florida. Great, wonderful. Boca Raton, how is that right now? Blazing. I have to tell you, I've been here now, I would say uh, around 24 years. This is the hottest summer ever. Whoa. Okay, so it's very hot, and obviously you're inside today. I'm inside every day, thank you very much. I'm in self quarantine since March thirteenth.
1: Okay, so now tell me about your morning. Today it's it's about 1.30. So what time did you wake up?
2: Today I got up fairly early. See, mm-hmm. I retired. Do you want me to like elaborate? Or yeah. do you want me to just you sure? Yeah. Okay. okay. I just I retired from teaching this past June. So I'm mm-hmm i trying to figure out like my clock because I had to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning every day. So I was like unconscious by 8.30, 9 in the morning, 9 at night. <laughs> so now I'm able to stay up and I'm loving it. But today I got up early-ish. Uh-huh. I, guess. I got up like
1: 7.30. Okay, and this is, you just, sometimes your
2: body just does that. Right, exactly no alarms anymore and then after that i like just it takes me a while to get ready i get ready whatever that means Uh but i i persist and i got ready and then the jcc here has amazing programs i wasn't able to participate in anything because i was working so now uh-huh. I'm able to take advantage, which is how I met you. Uh-huh. So I'm doing things that I'm really enjoying and are fun. So, okay, so let's back up
1: real quick. So you said you have a hard, you, you take your time getting ready. What, is, what
2: does that mean? <laughs> like putting one foot on the floor followed by the net. Uh-huh. And and then I make myself a pot of coffee. Uh-huh. Okay, that to me now is ready. <laughs> okay. I'm not talking about doing anything else besides that, you know. Are you still in pajamas? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. And a full pot of coffee, like eight cups or what are we talking? No, I drink around four a day.
2: Uh-huh. But even when I was teaching, I brought my own thermos with iced coffee every day. Okay. I made it. Uh-huh. I, I had my cup, like a thermos type cup. And I drank my iced coffee all day. Y- you just—I don't drink. I don't drink. Warm, I don't drink hot coffee anymore. I can't. Huh? Okay. Too hot. It's too hot. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really get cool here like you think. Uh-huh. Like sometimes it'll be cool for like, let's say a week. Uh-huh. People here take out for a cup. That's my reaction, thank you very much. So I am like, they wear boots. You know, like your winter boots? Uh-huh. Are you laughing? It's true. And I'm like, I can't even put on a sweater. Seriously. Where, it's like, Where did you move from? Oh, this, I was living in Texas. Okay, so you've, you've never had snow. I lived in, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I'm a total New Yorker in and out. You know, I married a cowboy and then I moved to Texas.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, um, so back to your morning. So then you make a pot of coffee, any breakfast?
2: Yeah. Depending on the day, like I'll have either oatmeal or else I'll have, um, I've been, i really wanted bacon. So I went out and I bought myself bacon. It's amazing what will happen when you're in quarantine. You no, know, like you do what you want to do. I mean, you know, I, my trips are like to the supermarket. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I'm not doing a lot, especially living in Florida. I don't want mm-hmm. to do that. You know, I feel like it's very chancy. Yeah
1: yeah so you just you try to limit your excursions.
2: I limit my excursions, but I've been doing a tremendous amount online. Mm-hmm. you know yeah
1: i got I got really into potato bread and enmon's donuts. yeah, I had either you
2: see, of those? Yeah, you pick something like I never cooked. Now I have become a much better cook than I ever thought I would in my life because I would always be like, Picking up food, swinging by and picking up food on the way home. Uh-huh. I always felt like it was for one person, but it doesn't matter. Now I cook it and I'm really enjoying it. So today did you make bacon? Today I made bacon. But then I decided I was going to go get half of a sub. <laughs> okay. So why I'm telling you this story is because I had to go to CVS and then I went to get half a sub. Uh And you know, the bumpers, I don't know if you know, they're like these, um, like brick things that are in parking lots, Uh car bumpers. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was paying attention to the people coming out of the sub place. So I was holding my keys and then I didn't see the car bumper uh oh! And I went this way, and there was a car that I was leaning on. Uh huh. Well, the people got out of the car to see if I did damage. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, really? I mean, like, what could I have done? I'm serious. They went like that, you know, not like the whole body over. Uh-huh. But they, you know, so that that didn't make me feel good. But that's okay. Uh I'm now, and I had my half a sub. I had half of the half. What what was the sub? Turkey. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nothing very exciting, but I'm telling you, I've had, like, pizza, like, maybe three times since March. And I love pizza, you know. So I really, I don't, you know, I don't go out and pick up food a lot, you know. So... But something
1: about today was like, I want to sub.
2: What are you doing for food?
1: I'm cooking more than I ever have as well. Yeah, right? It doesn't, it doesn't always turn out well, though, and then I have a lot of it.
2: I know. I understand that. But it's OK. <laughs> I figure the next time it'll turn out better. Three times I heard you need to try a dish.
1: That's too many. That's too many mistakes for me. No, no, but by the
2: third time you'll have perfected it.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) if you say so. Okay. Okay. So then you have the half of the half of the turkeys. Have you gotten into a fight with a car owner?
2: I didn't know because I wouldn't be confrontational. Uh I just, you know, as long as they didn't talk to me, I didn't talk to them
1: okay oh no one talked to each other
2: oh no 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 they were just examining it like you could tell I had you know so yeah no at the least amount of fights I could get into you know you don't know have you ever been to Boca no oh okay well maybe after the pandemic you and your mother will want to come visit me What, what
1: what would you say is the what's the vibe in Boca
2: that's a really good question entitlement <laughs> Okay, that's what i would say entitlement is that negative to you entitlement no i mean
1: well yeah but also it's uh, i understand
2: you do yeah See, and i don't feel like i i i didn't grow up that way and mm-hmm. i mean i don't have those values so
1: no, okay. So you 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 drive to the play. Pl- you drive to the sub place. You've made bacon. You've uh, and have you like watched any TV? Have you talked
2: to anybody? I text with my daughter. Mm-hmm. She's in California, so I'll text with her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and you text all day or just uh, in the morning? No, I. The TV I watched CBS like I like there like till nine. Yeah. Oh, and then I went to I attended this um, it, this session at the JCC, and it's a husband and wife, and they talk about politics. Did you agree with them? Yeah, I did. <laughs> happily, I I happily agreed with them. Because if I don't, then I don't listen to you. Okay. And I hang up. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I have my limits. But, and I don't mean that meanly. Yeah. It's just, you know, I want, I, I don't believe anybody should try or will change anyone's mind. So I don't want to argue with anybody about it. Yeah, I understand. Uh,
1: so. Okay, so then, so, all right. So then you, you do your, you, you listen to the program, Mm-hmm. And then, and you you're drinking your four cups of coffee.
2: Correct. You've had bacon. Yes. And a sub. Yeah. Now, right. And now it's almost two o'clock. This <laughs> like when I taught; the day went in a second. Like my first class was seven forty, two thirty. School ended. Uh huh. You know, it felt like it was a minute. You, it really. And uh-huh. now. I find the days still go like that. Yeah. Tire, it's, and because I want to like pursue things that I really enjoy.
1: Yes, like, like, uh, could you give us an
2: example of a few things you enjoy? Well, I loved going, you know, finding the comedy group. I really did. And then Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot with New York Adventure Club. They have these wonderful webinars OK, I've come upon things uh-huh. and like I went to a Twilight Zone webinar and then I went to the guy who wrote the music for Alfred Hitchcock. Uh-huh. Like I have a lot of interests, different interests. Yeah. So I went to those webinars and they're wonderful. If you really are interested in finding something unique, you know, Yeah. I do that. I. I I research how to find the things that I really want to do. So retirements, you're not really chilling out. You're like stimulating. Exactly. Exactly. I belong to book clubs. I read books I want to read. Well, you have a book mailing list, don't you? Uh, What I did was I did that newsletter about, because I took, I joined several book clubs so Uh that way I could pick which novel. Is that funny? You're impossible. <laughs> so that's what I do. And it's, it's so, to me, that's relaxing. You know, I mean, I could read when I want to read. Mm-hmm. I could do what I want to do. And it's been wonderful. You don't miss working? No, not <laughs> that. I thought I would. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ever retire. Seriously. I Uh thought I would work till 70. Okay. Uh But then after, you know, I said, no, I can't do it anymore. And then now it's like wonderful. And I feel fortunate.
1: Yeah. And uh, let me just ask you this. If you could recommend anything, um, I do feel like we kind of bounced around, but I think we got a good sense of of your morning routine. What of your morning routine would I hope
2: you... I followed your rules. You did great. Did you
1: did great. You followed the rules. Okay. Okay. What would you recommend? One thing that you do, maybe not something you did today, but something that you've done regularly in the mornings that you'd recommend to other people.
2: Uh, taking a walk. But here it's really... I've woken up and it could be 84 degrees, and I'm talking about like at 7 a.m. Okay, so I was taking a a three-mile walk around the neighborhood, Uh and that, to me, is, like, the best way to start your day. I would do it, but I can't. It's just too warm, you know? Yeah. That, to me, is really, it gets you going. But, like, my daughter said to me, well, don't you listen to music? And I listen to nothing. I just walk by myself. And it's wonderful. It's you started on the right track. <laughs> wow, Sandy, this has been so nice. Thank you for doing this. Please, I hope I've been helpful. Very I helpful. I listened to your mother. I said maybe like I'll get a clue about which <laughs> direction she's going in, so I could be ready for all the questions. <laughs> I think you did great. But you are the sweetest, and I so appreciate your class. Oh, I'm so glad you're in it. That's your whole persona. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Happy Fourth. Happy happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Bye.
1: Okay, great. Okay, so could you introduce yourself just for the record?
3: I'm Bill Burke. I am a senior citizen, and I participate in Joe Firestone's comedy workshop.
1: Great. Okay, so Bill, and you're in New York, yeah?
3: I am in New York.
1: Okay, so it's uh, it's two o'clock, um, and let's just I want to walk through your morning with you, if that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So tell me what what time do you wake up?
3: Uh. Sometime between seven and eight.
1: And this is uh, on purpose.
3: Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. Not not with an alarm clock. I just wake up at that time.
1: Okay, you wake up at that time, and then what's the first thing you do?
3: Um, generally, uh, start the coffee, and then prayers and meditation.
1: Whoa. Okay, great. I didn't know that about you. So now t- this morning you did that. Yes. How long are the prayers and meditation?
3: It depends on what I've got to do that day. If, <laughs> if I've got a lot to do that day, they're short, like <laughs> under a half hour. If, they're, if I've got an open day, they can't take an hour, hour and a half.
1: What was today?
3: Today was long. I didn't have anything to do till I talked to you now. So I had all morning.
1: Okay. So you prayed for like an hour, hour and a half?
3: Well, prayer and meditation, and it's a combination.
1: Yeah, that's great.
3: So, so on a, on a busy day, the prayers and meditation all get boiled down to about twenty minutes or a half hour. Okay,
1: okay. And then by the time that you're you're an hour's past the coffees, I'm assuming done. Yep. Okay, and then you go drink the coffee.
3: Well, I go pour myself a cup, and I pour my wife a cup, and I bring her mm-hmm. a cup, and uh, and then we continue with our days.
1: Is she praying and meditating with you?
3: No. She, she's praying on her own.
1: Okay, okay.
3: Right. okay. We, we, we have different wants and desires. Sometimes they intersect, not always. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, and, uh, and how do you take your coffee?
3: Uh, milk and uh, one splendid.
1: You keep splenda in the house? I do. Can I Is ask- that bad? No, no, I'm just I'm curious, do you do you buy Splenda or do you steal it?
3: <laughs> I actually buy it.
1: Wow. You're the first person I know that buys it.
3: But there's an old story about um Lane Stretch. Do you know Elaine Stretch? Of course. Or who she was? Yeah. Yeah, uh, about Asking for more sweetener at a, at a diner. And the waiter said, well, Miss Stritch, if you need more, it's all in your purse. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. I never heard that one. Um, So, okay, so you make your, and does your wife take it the same way?
3: No, she just has milk.
1: Okay, okay. So you no no
3: Splendid or sugar, but she's okay. sweet enough as it is.
1: That's exactly what a nice thing to say about your your wife. Okay, so then um, so then you take your coffee and then at this point, what do you do when you drink your coffee?
3: Uh, By that time, I'm usually uh, checking horoscopes and uh, bank accounts and um, things like that. Weather, a lot of weather.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) That's very interesting to me. So you check your horoscope and bank account every day? Yeah. <laughs> what did the horoscope say for today?
3: Said you are going to be talking on the phone with a marvelously <laughs> talented person. <laughs> wow,
1: well, thank thanks a lot.
3: It's, it's amazing how accurate they can be.
1: Very accurate. Uh huh. What 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 uh star sign are you? Leo. Oh that's the best one.
3: Well, I would say so too, but obviously I'm prejudiced.
1: It's a very Leo thing to say, huh? All right, so then, uh, and then you check the weather. What's the weather look like today?
3: Well, it's warm here, but I I check a number of weathers. Because I'm in New York, I've got family in California. Mm -hmm. So I check their weather.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Oakland, California is generally pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And then I check some places where I'd like to be, which include Paris and Nice and Buenos Aires.
1: Do you really check those every day?
3: Yeah, I've got time. I'm an old guy. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. And what's the what's the weather look like in uh, in Nice today?
3: Nice is beautiful today.
1: Oh man.
3: High high, high 70s, low humidity, ocean sea breeze. Ugh. Oh.
1: Have have you been to these places? Uh, yes. Well, all right. So then you check the weather, and then have you are you reading the news or no?
3: Uh, generally, sometime during the day, I end up checking checking it. But not a- the after after I done the horoscope and the bank accounts and all that. I generally put on a radio station allegedly from France with classical music on it.
1: Wait, it's it's a French radio station?
3: It is. and it's classical. Whoa. and it, and the reason I like it is because it's in French, which I don't speak. So they have news updates every hour, but I don't know have any idea what they're talking about. so so I'm buffered from the outside world that way.
1: <laughs> Do you listen online? Yeah. oh wow. Okay, so you're you're listening to the French radio. Are you eating anything, or no, not really?
3: Generally, I don't eat in the morning, no.
1: Okay. Okay, so what time is it now that you turn on your program?
3: Uh, it's by 10 o'clock or so.
1: Okay. Okay, and so then, uh, and then, are you, like, hanging out with your wife at this point, or what's do you see her, or mostly just for the coffee handout?
3: No, we we do the coffee handout and we get our days situated and then we have a have a little get together in the morning and decide who's doing what and what we're going how we're gonna spend that day sometimes together sometimes doing different things. What's today? Today was separate things.
1: Mm, okay, okay, okay. So tell me what happened after the after the radio program.
3: Well, the the radio program, I just leave it on in the background. It's background mm-hmm. music. Okay. Um, so, today I was puzzling. By that I mean I was working on a jigsaw puzzle.
1: Ooh, I love jigsaw puzzles.
3: Do you now?
1: I do now, yeah.
3: <laughs> I This is the first one I've really done. It's a thousand pieces. But it's... Whoa. it's I find it challenging and... Um, part of the reason i'm puzzling is cuz the motorcycle is in the the motorcycle shop.
1: Wait, 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 wait. I'm so sorry. Can you co- go just rewind a little bit? You you ride a motorcycle? Yes. What do you mean? What do you mean?
3: You know, one of those things with two wheels?
1: <laughs> where do you and ride the Where do you ride the motorcycle?
3: Mostly in the city.
1: What? For real? I'm not
3: one of those. I'm not one of those movie motorcycle guys like Lee Marvin or uh, Hell's Angel guys. I just tool around the city mostly. Yeah.
1: And it, so it's 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 in the shop. So you decide. To, I think you might be the only person in the world that says my motorcycle's in the shop. Let me do a jigsaw puzzle.
3: Well. It got knocked over and it had some problems, so it had to go up to the Bronx. And there's a okay. guy in the Bronx named Pedro who takes care of the motorcycle.
1: Okay. What color is this motorcycle?
3: It is black.
1: Wow. I'm learning so much about you. Wow. Okay.
3: It's
1: <laughs> wonderful. So then you do a jigsaw What is the jigsaw puzzle of?
3: Uh, adult book covers. <laughs> From the '40s and '50s, basically pulp fiction.
1: <laughs> Dang, Bill, you're a badass. <laughs> okay, so and,
3: and some of the some of the titles are TV tramps, backwood tramps, tall oh boy, wanton wench, that kind of stuff, which was popular in the '40s and '50s. I understand uh-huh. before the internet gave us. Unlimited access to pornography.
1: <laughs> right, the puzzles are different now. Yeah. Uh huh. And and uh, are you are you doing? So this is your first puzzle, you said.
3: My first jigsaw puzzle. Yeah.
1: And you're starting with a thousand.
3: Well, my brother sent it to me, and it, he it has been sitting here for a while.
2: Mhm.
3: And the motorcycle was running fine, so I had no reason to do the puzzle but then somebody knocked over the motorcycle and the motorcycle had to go see Pedro in the Bronx. So I said, "Ah, I might as well do the puzzle.
1: Wow. And, and how is it coming? Are you doing the sides first or what's your strategy?
3: It's coming along nicely. Um, each cover has, has a border though. So, so that's a little more challenging. When I opened it, I assumed that was how you did a jigsaw puzzle was start. (laughs) to get all the corners in Uh huh. but there's there's like 36 books so and they all have a frame around them so wow
1: your, your brother's so, hoping you have a lot of time on your hands huh it,
3: it, yeah he likes to torture me <laughs> okay.
1: okay so you do the puzzle and uh and you're listening to the radio and uh are you getting hungry at any point or no
3: Yeah, generally in the afternoon, I'll I'll have a sandwich, probably a turkey sandwich on whatever bread we have in the house with mayonnaise and some little horseradish and some pickles.
1: Mm. Hmm. That sounds really nice. What do you you call that?
3: (laughs) What do I call it? I call it a sandwich. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Two pieces of bread with stuff between it. (laughs)
1: Okay, okay, so then, is that what you had today?
3: I haven't yet, but I will shortly.
1: Okay, so you haven't eaten anything today? Nah. And you've just been doing
3: the puzzle? Sometimes I will have cereal or a banana or something in the morning, but it's rare. Uh
1: Uh-huh, and then, and I know you take uh, the class with me on Mondays, but do you do any other
3: classes? I was doing an art history class on Wednesday afternoons. Uh-huh. And then I did a photography class that was two days a week, also online Zoom and through Greenwich House and all of that.
1: Yeah, and those are still going or no?
3: Uh, the art history one isn't. The photography class is wrapped up.
1: So you got so you got a lot of time to puzzle.
3: Yeah, lots of time to puzzle. <laughs>
1: So it seems like there's like a peacefulness about your day though with the classical music and the and the prayer and meditation and the and the puzzling.
3: It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Generally it's pretty calm.
1: Is that that's a priority or just kind of happens states?
3: It it's just kind of happened. It never was a priority and uh you know, I I guess I guess I don't I don't have a high tolerance for stupid stuff <laughs> so or or more important i don't have a high tolerance for stuff that aggravates me
1: yeah i so, understand
3: so i try, i try to remove that
1: <laughs> i think that's a good doesn't all,
3: a good doesn't always work
1: <laughs> yeah but you try you're trying yeah well let me ask you this so if you could i mean if you could recommend, cause it, it, I do, I do like the sound of your morning quite a bit. If if you could recommend one thing to other people, and this is something that maybe you, you did this morning or something that you regularly do, what would it be?
0: Uh,
3: prayer and meditation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, there's a, a lot of the prayers. You know, my prayers. Are a combination of I was raised Catholic so they're a combination of Catholic prayers and stuff I made up myself mm-hmm. and the meditation there's a lot of meditation programs online that you can get the most of them are free and you can get you know five minute meditations or 10 minute meditations or hour meditations or so I like to do that it's just has a way of settling the day and giving me an idea to think about what I'm going to, what's going to happen during the day.
1: I like that. I think that's really nice. I've, I've learned from interviewing some people in our class that a lot of people pray and meditate. I didn't realize that.
3: Well, and I, I think a lot of people also say, well, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time for any of this nonsense in the morning. And, uh, well, there's an old saying, you know. Uh, how long should I meditate for? Twenty minutes, unless you don't have time. Then you should meditate for an hour.
1: <laughs> I think that's great. I love that. I never heard that before either.
3: Okay, I'm holding up my part of the bargain then.
1: Uh, yeah, you're doing good. Well, thank Bill. Thanks so much for doing this. this that's all. That's all. It, that's all it is. It's all done. Easy peasy.
3: Okay, what'd you have for breakfast?
1: Uh, I had, I had this, uh, really, I'm, I'm a sucker for anything, any kind of, like, technology, um, like, big tech foods, unfortunately, like, you know, like, stuff like nugs and, um, Magic Spoon, but I, I've been eating Magic Spoon cereal, which is high-protein, uh, cereal, uh, that tastes like it's made for children, and, um, That's kind of what I've been putting in my body. Have you heard of any of this stuff?
3: I have not, but I'll I'll certainly look into it.
1: (laughs) Don't don't look into it. It's bad. It's bad. Oh, man. Bill, thank you so much for doing this. I hope you have a great weekend. I really appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Joe. You too. Be careful out at the beach there.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. (laughs) Okay, I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right, bye. Thanks, Joe. Okay, so tell me your name and uh, that just for the record, what your name is.
0: Stephen Pearl. Stephen with a V. Pearl like Pearl Harbor. No middle name. My parents couldn't afford one.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. And you're a comedian, right?
0: Uh, that's what they tell me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're in Los Angeles?
0: Actually, I'm more of an enlightened rogue. Uh, no, <laughs> okay. I'm Las Vegas.
1: Las Vegas?
0: Yeah. Los Angeles crushed my spirit years ago. So I Whoa.
1: got... Whoa. What's it like there?
0: Well, I love it. Well, It's also about 500 degrees and nobody's working because of the virus. But other than that, it's a barrel of fun. <laughs> it's right. Old old Jews go to die in Miami. Old comics go to die in Las Vegas. I had a choice, so I went to Las Vegas.
1: Okay. okay. And so this is, I'm very excited to talk to you because um, a lot of, so I'm a comedian too, but I, the, a lot of comedians I know. That, um, oh, you poor girl. I know, I know. But I feel like you have a different style, like this st- the style that you have is not... It doesn't really exist anymore.
0: doesn't really fit anymore. <laughs> it fit anywhere. I describe my style as a complete hatred for the entire human race with a hint of whimsical buffoonery. <laughs>
1: okay. And were you performing in, like, around Las Vegas, or did you tour yeah. before...
0: Yeah, I played. I played everywhere. I've been around the world and and elsewhere. So, so
1: are you doing Zoom shows now, or what are you doing now?
0: I don't. Uh, I don't. I like. I like an. I'm old school. I like an audience in front of me without masks. Without. I did. I did a car show. One of these car shows where people show up in their cars, and they mean well, but they're hunky on the punchlines. Oh, that was no lady. That was <laughs> my aluga aluga. Miss everything. So, uh, but I like. I'm just waiting to do old. I, I'm doing Zoom interviews, but I don't want to do Zoom shows. I want to get back on stage with an audience and smell sweat and all that. <laughs> and you, through, you, you, haven't,
1: you haven't done it, though. You haven't done any shows.
0: I did. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, the Zoom show? No, I haven't done any Zoom shows. Yeah. Me in front of the shower curtain holding a hairbrush. How about <laughs> these wavy drivers today? Wait for a laugh? Okay. How about these beatniks? I've been meeting director stuff. Hey, that President Nixon got around, dude. deal. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Steven, tell me a little bit about your morning. So it's, what time is it now? It's 12.30?
0: It's right now it's 12.31 uh, in the p.m. in Las Vegas time. It's 148 degrees outside. My car just melted and uh, here we are. Okay.
1: okay, so tell me about what, what your day is like. So you wake up at what time?
0: Whenever. I, uh, when, well, when I was working, uh, when there were shows and we were working here, I'd do shows and come home. I'm an old I'm 64 now. Hey, get off my lawn. First, my H spots fell off. There's stick stick spots. <laughs> I want to fit in with the gang. Uh, I uh, now I'm just I stay up all night and drink coffee and smoke weed and watch TV and uh, you know uh, visit friends and hang out on a computer. There's nothing going on. And, Is that what uh, you
1: did last night? You stayed up night, all night?
0: Oh, I was in the hospital last week, so uh, I had, I had rib, uh I, I used to have AFib of the heart, but now I don't have it anymore. So I was in the hospital last week, but I'm fine. I'm strong like bull. I can throw a Cadillac over the wind building. I am strong. Okay,
1: Okay, wait. So you you were in the hospital last week, and now when did you get out?
0: I got out that day, actually. That's how strong I am. I (laughs) operate on myself. Give me that ventricle, you son of a bitch. Give me something I do with myself. Uh... I was in. I was in for a day. They did a procedure. They didn't cut me open. They went in me, but uh, they did a uh-huh. procedure, and uh, I came out. And my friend Linda Gerber, my my sis my sister from another Mister,
3: huh. came
0: got me, and uh, you know because I couldn't drive myself then, and I hung out at her house, and then she brought me home. And here I am, good as new, ready to go out and do shows if this virus thing ever ends.
1: Okay, wait. So tell me. So tell me exactly what happened today. What happened today?
0: why mm-hmm. was it! Uh, I had lima beans at four in the morning. Man, they go right through you. And uh, woo, that's like snorting metamucil. And uh, then I watch TV, and uh, I watch Pawn Stars, and uh, one of my favorite programs. And, Pawn
1: Stars, uh, really? Yeah,
0: I love Pawn Stars. don't and they uh,
1: film in Las Vegas? Yeah,
0: Phil. I have met the guy. Yeah, he uh, he has a barbecue place right across from the, the Pawn Star shop. So, uh, and uh, so I saw he was putting he was putting the whiskey away. man. And, uh, <laughs>
1: did got, you ever see the episode with Bob Dylan?
0: Yes, I love that one where he signs the album for Chumley. <laughs> that was he signed it to you, Chemley it's not worth anything, you jerk. You just need the name. The... That was a great one. You know, that was a set of where We didn't happen to meet Dylan on the street. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was one of my favorite episodes.
1: Can I ask, just how long have you been doing comedy for?
0: Oh, God. I, my first time I ever did it uh, was at a School of Visual Arts talent show, and that was May 20th, 1977. <laughs> And uh, that God, when I did it, Elvis was alive, and Son of Sam was on the loose. That'll show you how old I. Am.
1: <laughs> I there just, were four Beatles
0: know. walking the street back then.
1: <laughs> wow. And uh, okay, so then, and then you—you've lived in Las Vegas for how long?
0: Uh, I've only been here for two years. September six will be two years. I started in New York in 1977. Uh-huh. I went moved to San Francisco in 1979. I moved to L.A. in 1987 at the urging of a guy named Sam Tennyson who got me into the comedy stores and made regular. He cornered Mitzi and made her wild. Watch this guy, I'll burn this place to the ground. He's great. So I got in there. I was in L.A. for 22 years. And uh, it was fun for the first few years. And then you're there long enough and your dream gets sharpened at the edges and shoved up your ass sideways. So I got out of L.A. And I moved back to San Francisco in aught nine. And then I came to Vegas in uh, two years ago in, uh, in, what was the years? in 18. Aught 18
1: and are there a lot of comics out there
0: a lot of them a lot of i made i've seen old friends and i've made new friends and it's great do you see it's a lot of gray, a lot of gray hair on stage i like seeing that
1: <laughs> do you see do you see people a lot or no
0: not lately with this thing nobody's really going anywhere but uh i was seeing a lot of it. yeah I was, I was a social butterfly you know i was uh going uh, the, the the fun place to go was the uh the tropicana where the Laugh Factory is and they had Harry Basil who runs it that had, you know, parties in the green room and everybody would show up. It was wonderful. You know, you see your old friends pass through town and you make new friends and it was great. You
1: know, wait, so now let me ask you this. You've been doing comedy and I really do. I'm sorry. I know we should get to your day, but I got to ask. So you have been doing comedy since 1977 and you still like being around comedians.
0: It depends who the comedians are. Some of them are total assholes and, you know, uh-huh. throw out the window. I want nothing to do with them. But most, most of the ones I met are great. Yeah, I like meeting new people. And I like my old friends who aren't dead yet. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know oh, I got a lot of friends on the other side. Wait you're 64. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, I like meeting them once they're assholes or bad attitudes or something like that. Who needs it, you know?
1: Okay, so, okay, so tell me about today. So did you really eat lima beans at 4 a.m.?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, uh, I did.
1: How do you eat lima beans? You, you eat them boiled? You get boils?
0: them in the microwave for four and a half minutes. <laughs> you put butter on them and you dig in with the spoon. And okay. do what the good Lord intended you to do with that spoon. Eat them lima beans.
3: Mm-mm.
1: Okay. Okay. And then. Bubbly. <laughs> and then. And then. Uh, th- that's a very strange time. Not to judge. <laughs> but that is a very strange time to eat.
0: I know. Well, when you're when you're a grown up, you can do these things. So yeah. Sure. Of course. yeah
1: it's another way um, of
0: giving the finger to my mother in hell. <laughs> okay.
1: okay, and then, and then um, well, wow. Stephen, I I I really am so so taken by you. I just have I can't believe I've been doing comedy for ten years and I've there's no one like you in New York in my in my age. I'm I don't a, know what. I'm not in
0: New York. I'm, I know.
1: I, I, don't I know. You might anywhere.
0: Nobody except the <laughs> a few mental institutions. You might find a few pearls bouncing off the rubber walls with the. Yeah. You know, okay. I had a shitty day today. Don't you fucking hate it when you buy a newspaper and a guy with a one arm, insults you. Oh, man. Good night, everybody. Let's hear about Tony Smegmetti. Comedy of Tony Smegmetti from Brooklyn. I took the D train to get here. Steve. Fucking D, you know. My girlfriend's got a couple of pairs of D's. all you know, fuck. I it Comedy of Tony Smegmetti, baby. He always got new stuff.
1: Steven, this is supposed to be a podcast about what you did this morning.
0: Oh, I, what did I do this morning? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, so you eat
1: the lima beans and then... I ate the uh, lima beans. Then what else happened?
0: Uh, so exciting. I went back to sleep. Uh-huh. And I had a dream that uh, the singer Fabian was chasing me naked through the Lincoln Tunnel with a butcher knife. <laughs> I have that one all the time. And uh, I tell my roommate to hear a scream, It's just me having a pleasant dream, though. Don't about it. So, uh, and then I woke up again and uh, I just watched TV and went to sleep and woke up and went to sleep and woke up. I have three cats. I play with them. Two of them think they're dogs. And,
1: uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Stephen, is this, can I ask, is this, yes. is, is this just how you've, you have a very different energy than pro- probably anyone I've ever talked to. Is this how you are yeah, I'm weird. naturally? I'm weird.
0: Yeah, pretty. When I talk to people, otherwise I'm like, uh you know, I'm in, the, in my room with a remote control in one hand and my pipe in the other and just watch TV. I'm, I'm the dullest Jew you'll ever meet when I'm just hanging out at home.
1: But you have a comedian... I'm
0: putting on a show, man. It's a mask. It's a mask. I hide my sorrow.
1: But you have a comedian roommate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My friend, Linda Marcus Smith, who's laughing in the background right there.
1: And but and so you... But you guys... Are you guys, like, making jokes with each other or is it pretty chill around the house? We hate each other. Okay. So.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah what, do you, what do you do? We talk to each other, we joke jokes with each other. We, you, know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm not like, hey, let me put the lampshade on my head. Isn't this funny? <laughs> so uh, I just, you know, two people talking, you know.
1: And then do you do you get to like, um, so you guys have just been together through the quarantine, just the two of you.
0: Uh, she just moved in a week ago, so two weeks ago or something, so she's brand new.
1: Were you living by yourself?
0: Yes, I was living by myself. And the gigs. Nobody's doing gigs, so uh, you know. And then Linda wasn't really happy with her living situation, so I say, like, "Why don't you move in here? I got three cats, and you know, you don't hear veterans screaming in the night at four in the morning around here." Something like nice that. Ah! Helicopter! Ah! You're in America, Bill. You're in America. So uh, it's it moved here, and it's it's very calm.
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm sure. Okay, so now. S- Stephen, let me ask you this. Because uh, this has tr- truly been—I—I I didn't know what to expect, and this was beyond my wildest dreams. So,
0: well, no, me- I hope it didn't suck.
1: It didn't suck.
0: So, hey, me- hey, we'll do another one.
1: Okay, let me ask you this, Stephen. What would you recommend to one other person? Maybe somebody's trying to get the energy and the, um, the you know, the exuberance you have. What would you recommend?
0: Lick my arm. It's only $10. I charge $10 to lick my arm. The sweat will go in your system, and before you know it, it'll be riffing like a fool. Uh, Just do it honest. Do it the way you feel it, whether it's uh, slapstick or political or a monologue or whatever you do. Find your own style. And then uh, just make it funny, whatever it is. You know, you can lecture the crowd, but make it funny. You can be political, but make it funny. You can, you know, whatever you do. If it's a monologue, make it funny. There's too many people who mistake the audience for a psychiatrist's couch. (laughs) Save that for your shrink. Be funny on stage. That's all. And stay away from cocaine.
1: (laughs) Wow, Stephen, this has been incredible. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, dear. We'll do some more later.
1: I hope so. Okay, take care.
0: Take care, young lady. Bye. Good to talk to you. Okay, bye.
1: Okay, great. So, could you say your name, and then, uh, and then we'll get just for the record. Just state your full name.
4: Sure. My name today is Linda Marcus Smith. That's three words. Linda Marcus
1: Smith and I'm insecure
4: I think that's why I have three names
1: okay and you are you're a comedian I
4: am I like Uh to call it a comedian in training Mm -hmm. you know for the first 30 years you've been a comedian for 30 years no for the first 30 years you really should call it a comedian in training Uh So I've been doing it six years, so I'm really still a comedian in training. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. So now you and you live in Las Vegas with with your roommate.
4: Yes, I'm in Las Vegas. I just okay. took up a new job. Uh, I'm a Las Vegas street walker.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so an incredible an incredible position to be in. Uh, so now, <laughs> tell me about. I want to hear about your morning. So. I want to hear all about it. Let's start from the very beginning. When you first wake up, tell me what it what happened today.
4: Okay. So in 1996, I got a gift. I got a free brain injury from a drunk driver. Uh-huh. So before the brain injury, I would get up and I had a routine that made a lot of sense. And then when I got my not brains knocked out on the sidewalk in 96, the part of my brain that's still out on the sidewalk is the part that organizes anything. So now when I get up in the morning, I have to say, is today gonna be a good day? Am I gonna remember things or fall down the steps? So I literally have to pay attention to what is it I have to do today and make sure I do it in the right order. Think, you know, everybody takes it for granted what you do when you get out of bed in your morning. I don't take a thing for granted since brain trauma. So. Now with the brain injury, what I do is I sit in bed and think through what I'm going to do first. I never had to do that before.
2: Uh I mean, and
4: then I get up and start doing the things that I thought I need to do, and I go do them. And if I trip on something or fall or bump into a wall, then I know it's a good day to stay at home and not go street walking with my Fitbit. (laughs) 10,000 steps are better done at home on a bad cognitive t- day. Yeah. So with having said that,
2: my routine is to get up.
4: I don't have to brush my teeth because I have false teeth now. Okay. So I get up and do all the things with my face, you know, scrub off any residue and put on new stuff and try to look 10 years younger. That's like magic and voodoo put together. and uh, make fine lines and wrinkles disappear. And then when I get done playing around in front of the mirror, Uh then I decide what I'm going to wear that day. And I like my morning routine always in Vegas is getting up about the sunrise time and going for my 10,000 steps. That's the kind of Vegas streetwalker I am. I got to get in 10,000 steps before it gets hot. So, Got to do that like at six in the morning, so that your ten thousand steps are done before nine.
1: Oh, whoa! It gets hot at nine.
4: Yeah, by nine o'clock it's too hot.
1: And and you're putting on makeup, and you're getting a nice outfit on before before then.
4: Yes, I refuse to be ignored just because I'm sixty-nine years old. Don't insert any sixty-nine jokes. So, I refuse to be ignored just because I'm old so I always wear a prom gown and stilettos and that's why I say I'm going street walking people don't know if I am a street walker or just Uh a geriatric that lost her way out of a nursing home and I don't Uh really care I just want my steps and I don't want to be ignored
1: Okay. okay and so then you you go for your walk and are you listening to something on the walk or is it silent?
4: I have these things in my head. They're not voices, but not yet. And so I hear music. I grew up with Patty, this Patty Duke movie where in order to run faster, she heard music in her head. So when I'm out walking, I don't tune myself into the tweakers on the street, you know, talking to thin air and who who's bothering me. I hear, I hear music. A, a song will come to me. And then I'll just start, when I'm walking, I'll start singing a song. Sometimes I'll turn on Facebook Live and I'll just record me walking and singing. Or if a joke or a stream of consciousness, funny stuff, I'll just put it on Facebook Live while I'm walking. Yesterday I saw a bunch of birds eating worms and they were staying there. They weren't leaving. So... I'm hungry for an audience, I'm not going to lie. So I started doing my comedy, and they were so busy eating. Usually I don't like doing comedy for an audience when they're eating Mm because you can't hear them laugh, you know. It's hard to give the Heimlich and deliver punchlines at the same time. But Uh these birds were perfect. They were sitting there, um, they were aware of me, and they didn't stop eating, and I didn't stop telling jokes.
1: (laughs) Wonderful! I, what a, a I mean a show a show can be anything, right? That's what they say. Uh, comedies for the birds, and so <laughs> Linda. Uh, okay, so tell me, uh, tell me what happened after you went for your walk today?
4: So today, um, when I got back from my walk, you know, you have a roommate, you have to share space, and we're in a pandemic, so sharing spaces like drives you crazy. So. We play this game of avoidance. So
2: um,
4: I, I literally have the living room as my bedroom. So he'll open up the door and peek out. Like I'll sit down and cool off, have a, a club soda, and he'll peek his head out to see if, am I in the living room? Can he make it to the kitchen without having to engage in conversation? And I'm like, you know, and so we, we do this avoidance dance trying not to get in each other's way, because this pandemic's gonna it's gonna drive relationships into insane asylums. This is crazy. Making strangers, even married people are having a hard time sticking around together. So avoiding people or acting like you're busy half of the time brings down the tension. I suggest every married person out there in the pandemic should <laughs> spend half the time avoiding your partners, kids. It brings down the tension. Try avoiding them half the time. <laughs> Be unpredictable.
1: That's incredible advice. Okay, so then uh, you have a club soda. Have mm-hmm. you had anything to eat? Oh, I forgot. Ever since my brain injury, uh-huh. it usually most
4: people look at me and they think my elevator goes to the top floor, but it doesn't. And sometimes okay. it goes up a little and off to the side. And so I do weird stuff. One of the weird things... It's hard for me to organize things. And the other thing that's hard for me is impossible is from the minute the drunk driver hit me, my car, I have not had an appetite. So people remind me to eat. Things remind me to eat. You just reminded me to eat. Thank you. I would have forgotten to eat the rest of the day.
1: Oh, you haven't eaten at all and you don't, you don't think about
3: that.
4: I don't think about it. It doesn't come. If I walk past the pizza store and smell, You know, Mm -hmm. of course, I have the same sensation when I walk past the nail salon, so that gets confusing. (laughs) Because the nail salon gives me a bigger headache.
1: (laughs) So, so then you, so, okay, so you're not, you're not eating much, but you're, you're trying to stay hydrated.
4: Yes. So like sometimes I'll get a stomach pain or a headache and, oh, that's right, I haven't eaten so your body, trust me, your body will remind you to eat at some point, you know.
1: And, yeah. And then, so, okay, so you're, but you have like this routine where you go for a walk and then you have uh, a club soda. And then what what happens after that usually?
4: Then like I'm um, busy trying to make a podcast and a show where I interview comedians. I've interviewed 507 comedians. 27 of them in Portland, Oregon at Harvey's Comedy Club before I came to Vegas a year ago. And all the rest I've done during the pandemic. So I've interviewed like 490 comedians in the pandemic. And uh, I'm not getting a lot of traction. You know, like I'm doing, I'm getting a lot of famous people to let me interview them, but not a lot of views. So I have to, I'm now strategically coming home from my walk Trying to figure out ways to get more people to view the videos I do have, so when I go back to interviewing again in a week or two, that it'll be worth people's time to be interviewed.
1: Well, what's if you you don't mind me asking? Do you have a like a goal with comedy?
4: My goal in comedy is to leave a tombstone that says, "Paralyzed, Linda Marcus Smith. The only thing she ever cared about was comedy." Because everything else was the joke. So I literally go through life with that feeling that whatever I'm viewing in life isn't real. What's real is making people laugh, laughing, writing jokes. That's my reality. My rea- it's like I'm very rarely serious. I mean, I can get serious thoughts out, but they have to come out in a goofy way. You know, I don't like being, I don't like being serious. It's gotten me really nowhere. All of this. Nothing in my life before doing comedy made any sense. It was all waiting for the moment that I could do comedy whenever that, and I didn't start by 63. So got. I love, I've gotten so many accolades, you know, from being funny and I, I don't know, you don't understand, Uh, you might have heard of it, but you didn't live through what I lived through in the 50s. If you were funny, you were told to shut up, or you were called a bitch, or sent to the principal. Yeah. And now, just that people want to hear me say funny stuff, I mean, I'm so thankful that the world has changed. Anyway, Hmm. I love, I don't, I really, when you have a brain injury, also if you're trying to be logical, people will pick up on your deficit. But if you're in your right side, if I'm in my right side of my brain being goofy, nobody sees I have a brain injury. They don't hear any delays. But if you ask me, okay, in 1963, what were you doing? Or where were you born? Where were you raised? If you go into left brain questions, then you're going to see that I have recall and a delay and you know so I love being a, doing comedy because nobody sees any deficit I have they don't even believe it
1: well so are you are you working so like you're um you're are you working on comedy every day are you writing still even though there's no shows
4: oh yeah I'm writing all the time I have um I have Google Docs and I have them, alpha- every joke alphabetized, every set. I was living in Philadelphia two years ago and I literally threw out 38 pounds of jokes I'd written. <laughs>
1: oh my God.
4: You know, I mean, I'd written 82 jokes in a day.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of jokes.
4: <laughs> I know that because one day, this 74-year-old comedian in Portland, Oregon, called me up and said, I blocked you today on Facebook. And I said, okay, thanks for telling me. She said, no, I don't think you understand. You wrote 82 jokes. And I read all your jokes. And I missed my doctor's appointment. And I wouldn't have known that I'd written 82 jokes that day. And thank God she blocked me because, you know, like I was so depressed I wrote eighty two jokes, but when she blocked me that lifted my depression. <laughs>
1: okay. So you're you're not <laughs> only writing them, you're putting them out on Facebook?
4: Oh yeah, hell yeah. Everything I think like I don't know about you, but when I something funny hits me, it's a punchline will hit me. And then I have to go create the entire setup and the joke just deliver a punchline and uh, you know I've been trying to trying to make myself write jokes the other way (laughs) but like I'll see pine I'm looking at a tree and I see pine cones and I'm like god there's gotta be a joke about pine cones I could do and it will stick with me until I come up with a joke about freaking pine cones (laughs) (laughs) okay I write
1: jokes about anything okay so now let me uh ask you if uh, so it seems like you're trying to kind of like stay it seems like you you do a lot to stay active like physically but also mentally it seems like you're yeah Yeah. and so I mean obviously you know I I don't know how many people are especially comedians are staying active right now I feel like it's a lot of people are kind of taking a break or or kind of relaxing and in their work ethic and I don't know I guess I'm wondering is if you could yes. recommend one thing that you do to others and not necessarily comedians just anybody that's kind of going about their day
4: I I have a saying and I'll abbreviate it cuz it's got a bad word a four-letter word four the letter word in it You can say okay. the four letter You can say that. I, my dad survived being in the Holocaust. mm mm-hmm. Mhm everybody in his family, like 13 family members all died, but my dad. Mm. And I was asked my dad how he could make it through that and keep putting one foot in front of the other every day. And he never decided to end his life early, even though he got cancer of the stomach. It was painful. I mean, he stayed there till God took him home. And so my encouragement to people is, my from me, would be, Relish every moment, every single minute you're in, just let it be a flower with essence and like you're looking at a plant and oh my God, the different shades and shapes and, you know, like everything you see, enjoy everything, everything you smell, taste, you know, be in the moment and that doesn't mean you have to go take yoga to be in the moment, you know, or have a goat on your back mm-hmm. just it really appreciate everything that's there and then my dad's saying I love it it made me laugh a thousand times since he passed in 2002 if something's bothering you just trick fuck your mind that it doesn't bother you I mean we're all human things are going to bother us Mm-hmm acknowledge that it bothers you deal with and it bothers me because of my childhood and maybe I should deal with what happened in my childhood and then just in some way whether you have to change the uh, channel in your brain to think of something else or pretend it's a good thing you know because something you perceive as horrible that you're going through, like, a pandemic or cancer diagnosis or losing a relative or being kicked out of your apartment or your car never starts. Trick Try fuck. trick-fucking your mind that maybe Trick it's fuck. a good thing. What good could come out of it? What can you learn from it? How can you make people laugh? When I go through something shitty, Joe, mm-hmm. I can't wait to write a joke about it. I'm, it's a game with me. How fast? Can I write a joke? But today, T-Mobile was not letting me, it still isn't. I'm really in a bad mood if you want to know the truth. All day today, I couldn't get my laptop to hook up to my T-Mobile internet.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So my goal today, of course, that really pisses me off. Do I Mm want to live like a bitter old woman or do I want to make people laugh and find a way to turn it into a joke and make Other people, if I'm dealing with it and I'm 69, I'm sure there's a 21-year-old out there having the same problem. It's relatable material. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: So it's going to be a joke.
1: What about that uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy? You don't need the time?
4: You know, that's the thing that bothers me about Shakespeare. Who the hell is he to tell us plus time? You know? Yeah, 15 minutes, an hour. But I I know some people who are buying into that bullshit and they're waiting their whole life for something to be funny. When when are they going to get the funny side of it? When they get to the pearly gates and St. Peter says, no, go back down and enjoy what I gave you. You didn't enjoy what I gave you. You know, I want to enjoy what the hell life throws at me as fast as I can, you know. Anyway, I've done comedy for veterans on the West and East Coast at VA hospitals, Joe. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I tell them, everything I've told you is all crap I've been through that I've overcome. So if you have buried anything that you've had to do, you know, for our country anything you've been through, any traumas, and you're willing to explore how to make those funny, come back here and I'll help you write jokes about your life that wasn't funny when you went through it, if you're ready for it. And you'd be surprised how many veterans
1: want to know how to make their stuff funny. I bet. I think that there's a, there's a lot of uh, pain and a lot of people don't know what to do with it, so it's nice that some people can figure out how to make it Uh, something to enjoy. So, listen, Linda, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope I didn't keep you too, too, too long. No, you did not. You were great. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much, Joe Firestone. I want to have you on and interview you on my podcast
1: that gets no views. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Joe. All right. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.